Welcome to HivriaCast, the podcast where I, Alad Nehrai, speak with some fascinating and incredible creative Jews. Hey, welcome to HivriaCast. This is Rifka Nehrai. I am here with Emily Zimmer. Welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here sitting in this chair at Klal. <laughs> this is so exciting. We are so excited. So Emily is a singer-songwriter. Yes. And today is actually her official release. Well, tomorrow. <laughs> right. Today's the 16th. Tomorrow. I know. I can't get October straight. It's just not working. <laughs> yeah, post-Hagim. Like, um, tomorrow is her EP release, uh, her first EP, um, out of five new songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, yes, where Emily's at. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, let's um, let's talk about that. Should we just go right into that? Go, let's go, yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually wouldn't say that they're new. That's something that I wish they could say, that I wish I could say. Um, but they're actually five really old songs um, that I care about a lot. Actually, if I'm being honest, it's six because at the end I'm like, let's throw in one more one more song. Nice. Um, because you always have to throw one more in, even if it's unprompted. Um, they're, they're songs from um, a bunch of different stages in my life. Um, the EP, um, for those who don't know, an EP is short for extended play, which just means a short album. You weren't ready to do a long one yet <laughs> um, or commit to that. So um, it, it has six songs um, from a bunch of different stages of my life, from when I was in Israel for the year, um, um, mostly from there, from college, a little bit from after college, which is the stage I guess I'm in now, um, which is why it's entitled Youth and So On, because, you know, we started back in youth and we're still going and and still writing and creating. So I like to think that it captures um, all of those all of those stages um, that I mentioned. Very cool. Yeah. Um, do you think it was hard for you to get to this place of actually releasing <laughs> this EP? Yeah, that's a secret question. <laughs> Rivka actually knows that it was a really big it was a really big struggle to me to get to the place of even deciding that I wanted to record record any of it and get it out um, for a lot of reasons, um, so many reasons. Um, what would you say the main ones are? Um, the main ones were probably accepting that maybe the stuff I was working on might be good enough or worthy of other people to hear it or care about um, or want to listen to. Um, it was definitely something I was always doing for fun. Like I was always um, writing music from the time I was really young and, and I didn't even play an instrument yet. Um, so I was like, this is for me, you know, like this is just fun. This is just art. This is just silly. So this to the Korean AP was kind of like saying, I'm taking this more serious. Yeah. And it was kind of declaring myself more than just somebody who does this as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, isn't fun and games anymore. This is me realizing that this is something I care about and want to share in a way that's that's actually tangible and that people can take with them and, and make their own um, Whenever I would play live, people would always ask me, you know, like, where do I get this? How do mm-hmm. I find this on the internet? And I would say, no, no, please don't Google my songs <laughs> because you'll find me 15 years old, like playing in a YouTube video that I'd just rather you not see. Right. Um, and suddenly I'm like, I got to get on this. I have to take down the old little SoundCloud and make something real. Wow. I think that is hard for people to take that jump from just for fun side thing to more serious yeah you know and and then when you are more serious to still have fun with it yeah did you experience that with your painting um from artist to artist (laughs) I'm trying to I'm trying to think like 
Um, yeah, I'm sure I did. Um, I mean, like, I went to school for painting. Did you go to school for music? I didn't. Okay. Definitely not. No. So that itself was kind of a commitment of, like, okay, I'm getting a degree in painting, so I'm kind of announcing that I'm more serious, yeah. you know? Um, and I think, though, I don't know if it's – because I didn't have anything – I don't know. I, I think I had a different type of journey. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, definitely – to find the play and the seriousness is a big thing. Yeah. I mean, there was a long period in my life, like 10 years, where I wasn't committing. So I wasn't right. taking it seriously. Yeah. So actually to commit. But once I committed, then I'm like full blown in it. But I have to learn how to keep it light. Yeah. Because when I, when I find myself being like, I need to, you know, I need to get more likes. I need to post more. I need to do this more in a very intense way that's when I know I have to take a step back yeah and remember why you were doing that yeah yeah I definitely had a really similar experience with deciding that I need to actually take it seriously and commit to it um I have a lot of trouble committing to things Mm. seriously um so committing to music meant you know finding someone to work with um working with them paying for things right right um fine-tuning my songs accepting criticism um figuring out that my rhythm is so, so, so bad. Um, Something that I've always felt really self-conscious about Mm. is not having a formal background in music. I grew up um, in the public school system. Mm -hmm. I grew up in like a small town in Ontario. I was was in public school and always offered music classes. Um, So I grew up, you know, basic music theory and playing in the band and woodwind instruments and all the things and and some vocal lessons at school here and there, but really nothing formal. Mm. Um, I've actually come down from a gig before I like, gotten off the the low stage and someone was like have you ever thought about voice lessons oh, right, right. and I'm like that's so nice of you <laughs> I actually have considered them for years but um but never um never really did them other than you know once or twice I actually took a guitar lesson one time and it turned it into work and I decided I, I couldn't go back I'm like I can't I can't turn this into work now this isn't happiness anymore and now this is homework and and study this and bring it back and it right. all of a sudden wasn't fun and right yeah <laughs> so okay so you're growing up doing this kind of you were in a band you're saying I was or, never in a band I was in a oh. band at school you know where you go to music class and, and you're sitting in the flute section and okay. I played the flute for a little while um, but it wasn't it was never like a formal out of school thing um, so that's definitely how I started getting interested um, in music. And you discovered guitar. I discovered guitar because my mom played it. I knew that she played it, but she would never actually play for me. So complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and I saw it sitting in the house, but never, I never heard it played and I wanted one and I didn't know why, but I I actually remember being really little and playing with a badminton racket. This is ridiculous, but I just remember like picking it up like a guitar and singing along with it, like strumming the dumb little, I don't even know what those are called, inside right. of the badminton racket. Yeah, if anyone yeah. has strings, the word. The strings, yeah. yes. Um, and I'm like, wow, like if only I had a real something like this that I could accompany myself with so I could turn the little kitty songs that I've been writing into something more real. So how young were you when you were writing songs? Um, I probably started when I was maybe 10, mm-hmm. like 9 or 10, but they were all cute in like this purple notebook with hearts on the front. Um, I was really girly when I was little, which really just makes me laugh now because (laughs) it's so not real anymore. Um, and they're all about stories. I always loved stories. I loved telling stories. I loved fairy tales. I loved writing spinoffs of fairy tales. I loved writing plays in school, um, scripts and, and essays and, and jokes. And I always loved 
communicating ideas and getting them on paper. And I knew that I always liked writing and I liked singing. And I'm like, oh, now I can sing this thing that I wrote and it'll be a song. So who did you sing for? Just your sister? My sister, I always made her listen to me sing. We actually used to both sing together. And then I eventually told her that it was my hobby, not hers, (laughs) um, and that she would need to stop now. (laughs) And it was a rough point in our relationship. And would you perform for? Um, At school, I would would be in the musical. I would be in the Christmas show every year. I was a reindeer once, Donner. I had a song and a dance. Um, When I came to Jewish high school, when I moved to New York in in the 10th grade, it wasn't allowed anymore. Um, Our plays weren't allowed to be musicals. Um. We weren't allowed to sing. I think one time we had, we were able to get a women's event together where I was able to play. But in high school, it was really something I kind of kept in my room, especially because I didn't really have the autonomy to, Mm -hmm. you know, go to New York to the village and be like, I'm playing in this bar now. Here I go, underaged and ambitious. (laughs) So, okay, so you're 10 years old and you're writing these songs and you're singing them with your sister. And do you, do you like perform it to like relatives, friends? Um, I definitely never sang my songs with my sister. She was always like, what are you doing? Or I guess I really wonder where she was in, in the writing of it. But we would always make up performances together for our mom like Uh we would always make up ballets or we would make up dance routines or we would like sing Ali and AJ songs again we're twins so we we really had to live that up (laughs) as much as we could so then at what point did people hear your songs and like Um, where did the guitar come in yeah okay so I started guitar when I was 15 when I surreptitiously convinced my mom that she wanted to get me one in fact one day she really just came to me and was like we should get you a guitar and I'm like Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Good idea. Um, you she, were like hinting at all? I totally or? was hinting. And I don't know. Somehow she just, I don't know what it was. They say moms know. Mine knew, I guess, about that. Um, and just suddenly offered it to me. And I really had a hard time accepting things as a kid. And maybe even now is definitely one of my faults. But at that time, I just knew. I'm like, yes, I want it. Yes. And she took me to the music store. And this um, is when you're in New York at this, this is, point. I'm actually still um, okay. back in Canada okay. at this point. Um, the town I grew up in is Novar, Ontario, if anyone's heard of it out there. Um, and the music store that we went to get the guitar from was in Huntsville. And I remember being so excited to be going into Huntsville. Like, it was such an exciting adventure to, like, go from Novar into Huntsville to go get something that was for me. And I was so excited to be in that music store and to, like, smell the wood um, and the metal and hear people just, like, plucking at the instruments around and then to have the man in the music store. I gave my mom the guitar, and he's like, this is great for beginners. Um, And she bought me a capo, and she bought me a a book of songs that had a bunch of old music in it. It was, like, the Beatles and Bob Dylan and Elton John and Eric Clapton, all broken down into really simple beginner style, um, beginner style, I guess, playing techniques. And she just kind of gave me the book and the guitar and, like, dropped me off and was like, okay, like, let's, let's, let's go. Like, go (laughs) learn. And I'm like aren't you going to show me? Like, you're not going to teach me how? And she's like, no, I don't, I just don't think so. And then I was kind of discouraged because at that point I'm like, this is where we're going to bond, you know? Uh, like, this is where she's going to go get hers and, right. and she's going to teach me and we're going to sit together and, and now I'm going to learn from her. Um, and then she just never did that. And I'm like, okay, well, it looks like I'll just never do this either. And I kind of gave up all within that big mess of, like, emotions and thoughts. Um, and I'm like, okay, it looks like this is just a failed thing that'll sit on the floor. I actually have so many people that come to tell me that they almost started learning or like I bought a guitar and then I never finished learning it. Um, not that I'm finished learning it. Um, but long story short, I, I decided that I couldn't, I couldn't just give up that quickly. Um, and I started following the chords in the book and I learned how to play Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan. And I learned. So how, how long did you put it down for that you like? This was all over like a couple, this all probably took a week for me to realize that it was 
something I just really wanted. I'm like, okay. stop giving up. And then I started liking it and I wasn't doing anything crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. to this day, I'm not doing anything crazy. Like I was learning the chords and I was learning the strings and I was putting them all together and really, really quickly started adding them to the songs that I already had. Um, and all of a sudden they were real and three dimensional wow. and sounded like something somebody could listen to. And, and it was so exciting to me. And I would just stay downstairs, um, in our basement with that thing, just like plucking and singing and trying new things. And, and it was really, it was really one of my favorite, one of my favorite things. But in terms of people hearing my songs, I can't remember when I moved to New York, um, when I was 15, uh, we had a family friend who knew that I was, that I was a musician and he's like, and he asked my aunt and uncle, um, they're like, does Emily, does Emily want to open for me? And I thought they were joking. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I can't open for you. Like, you're an adult and I am a child. Um, and lo and behold, that's when I, that's when I went up there and it was at a bar in um, Piermont, New York called The Turning Point. And I played a few songs before wow. he did. And, and watching it back now, I feel so silly because I was just 15 thinking I was like an adult with my braces and my <laughs> jeans and... And I just see myself changed so much and, since that. And how did it go? I don't think it was so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I was really nervous and awkward more so than now. Um, the songs were okay. My voice was okay. I like watch it back now and I'm like, what were you thinking? Um, I had a family this member. Is on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. Nobody look for it. Don't go. <laughs> don't look for it, people. <laughs> it's okay. Uh -huh. Um and it just honestly makes me happy because I see like how much I've grown and how much my writing style has changed as my life has changed and I've learned more and grown more. Um, so definitely that was the beginning of something that's still very much in the process of changing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then you went to, and this, you're saying this high school was a Jewish high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Modern I went to Orthodox. A modern Orthodox co-ed, hundred kids or less. Mm -hmm. um, and... Yeah, I remember feeling funny. I guess I didn't really know much. I came into Judaism with a very small, really not much of a background at all. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know the deal with Kolisha. Mm -hmm. Like, I would I guess I'd heard it mumbled. And, like, I knew that because we were the kids in the play, we had to rep the school and, like, wear the skirts and not curse um, and apparently not sing either, even though I just didn't really ask a lot of questions because I was, I'm so, I love rules and following rules and that's really my personality. So I'm like, let's, okay, like let's, uh, let's follow the rule. Yay. The rule. And I guess I never really started asking questions about it until, um, I went to Israel for the year, um, and started learning more about halacha and like taking things more seriously and caring more and getting into it and understanding more about God and, 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 and really all of those things. And I loved it. And like, it was a big part of my life, but still I'm like, yeah, Kolisha, eh, no one keeps it. No mm -hmm. one talks about it. Um, so even in seminary, you're learning about Kolisha, yeah. but you're saying like, no one was taking it seriously. Even in the seminary, they're not like Well, nobody was it. telling me not to do anything even so I was like allowed to like I would still like grab an open mic here and there and no mm -hmm. one would ever tell me like no one ever reprimanded me and said you can't do this mm -hmm. you know like you can't sing no one ever told, told me don't sing so I'm like okay like I guess no one cares about this one like mm -hmm. skirts is a big deal and like not touching boys big deal but like Kalisha okay whatever okay like, so you didn't chilling. feel any pressure so I never really felt any pressure until I guess um I went back to Israel 
um, the summer after the summer before my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened, but suddenly I just wanted to know more about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let's let's like make sure that our life is balanced out. Like mm-hmm. I, I had that moment of wanting to feel more consistent across all the things that I was doing. And at this point, like you've just been kind of doing it on the side, guitar. Totally playing. on the side. I never majored in it. I thought about it, never what did. What did you major in? I did English and psychology. Okay. Yeah. Taught me a lot about writing. That that was a big part of like getting into writing and actually getting to Hevria in the first place, but that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. Um, but music was very much a side thing. I would do it with friends. Um, I would do it in my room. I would write a song here and there. I had friends who were musicians and we would speak and share our music, but it was never something I had at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, to take it to the next level. Yeah. Never like on my mind. And like a lot of it was because I just had this like flashing like light kind of in like a yellow light, not a red or a green one that was just like, but Kolisha. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't really know much about this one. And to be honest, to this day, I still don't. Like, I won't say I'm one of those people that, like, jumped in the book and, like, learned it ice cold and now can give you the sock. And, like, I know exactly what I'm following and who said that I could. Like, I definitely don't think that's what I'm doing. Um, but I do think that after so, – so when I went to Israel, mm-hmm. um, like, um, when I went back um, on a program and wanted to, like, level up my life and feel more consistent and I was in a transition of – trying to understand myself more and the type of future I wanted to have and my relationship with Judaism and wanted to be consistent. I'm like, okay, like, let's learn about this thing. And, like, I went to a rabbi who I care about so much, um, and he told me that, by the way, like, this is real. Like, because mm-hmm. I asked straight up. I'm like, tell me the deal with this thing. Like, is it real or is it not? Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer was, yes, it's real. Um, the answer is, like, yes, it's grounded in this and grounded in that. And after that, I'm like, okay, like, looks like I'm keeping it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a pretty extreme personality where in that um, I find out something's right and I have to do it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can relate to that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I hear that. I yeah. hear that with certain things. Yeah. Okay. Um, so after that, I just kind of decided that I couldn't play at open mics. I couldn't like play when there's guys in the room. And if and I, you're how old? You're like 20? I'm like 20. Yeah. Okay. 21. Okay. Um, turning 22 kind of soon, I think. And I really want to do the right thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, God will like me more if I just like do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Um, we always say that. <laughs> and then it, what it did was it just kind of backed me into a corner. Like I just didn't know what to do. I'm like, oh, no one's going to ever hear any of this. I don't really know what the women's only scene is like. I don't really like hashkafically fit into that, mm-hmm. I guess. That's just how I felt like as like a more modern orthodox um, like progressive individual. I'm like, I don't really fit in the spaces where only women are playing. Like mm-hmm. that didn't really feel like me. Um, but even so, like I enjoyed them and like, I would seek them out and like, I would try. Um, but I just never really felt like, like it was something I could do. And then by default, it just stopped me from playing and writing. Right. I just kind of came to a stop and I just kind of put the thing down. I'm like, Oh, like I can't ever do this in any capacity. Like I should just quit. Um, and that was just awful. (laughs) That was just like giving up so much of what I really, like a huge part of myself. And, and eventually I I really wish that I could remember the thing that like, I guess brought me back out. Um, but I definitely realized that like, it was just harming me. Like it was doing more harm than it was doing, than it was doing good. Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel closer to myself. I didn't feel closer to God. I didn't feel closer to others. Mm -hmm. Um, so what got you, what happened? Um, I just think that because it's not like it's not like I ever really gained the sensitivity. Like I guess this is how I feel with a lot of things. Like mm-hmm. my thing with machitza is like I like them and will pray with machitza, but I don't have the sensitivity. Like if a guy's standing behind me, like it's not really gonna bother me. So mm-hmm. I just kind of like would keep the thing. And so too, like 
with like Holisha, like it wouldn't really bother me. Like if somebody was in the room, like it's not like it was ever something I was like mm-hmm. married to. I was just like, let's try really hard and, and do this. But at the same time, because I didn't like gain the sensitivity to it, it wasn't like I was revolutionizing my life. Mm-hmm. But you have a really interesting approach to Kalisha, which I think um, I'd love for you to share. Yeah. Um, that I think is more, is not just kind of personal, like, well, it doesn't bother me type of thing, but I feel like you're, if you want to share, like, your Yeah, approach. so I actually learned this. This is totally something that I learned. Like, I never even knew this could be a thing, but, like, really this is a Havria approach to Kolisha, like, dare I brand it. <laughs> Hopefully this isn't what I'm doing. Um, but we really just like to think that um, it's just a lot about respect. And if it's something that is of concern to you, then we'll make it as easy as, it, as we can for you to not be in a situation where, where a woman is performing. So if I'll ever perform um, at a Havria for Bring In or at, at the variety show that just passed, you know, like it's not an uncomfortable thing, even though it kind of is, but we make it as comfortable as we can to say, hey, like a female musician is about to get on stage and she's going to be singing some songs now. Are you okay with that? And if you're not, like, let's make it really comfortable f- to get you to a place where it'll mm-hmm. be more comfortable for you. Right. I mean, I think what's really interesting is your how you place the responsibility on the man. Yeah. You know, that rather than saying, I'm not going to play in these places, you know, because the man is going to be subjected, you know, that yeah. he's going to, that you, that it's more like um, the man, if he wants to keep Kolisha, should leave the room. Yeah. You know, and, and we make it at, you know, the every events like, okay, so any man who wants to leave, you know, can leave, but... Yeah. Anyone who wants to stay can stay, and it's it's up to you. Right, and that feels just so darn obvious, you know? Like, what an obvious answer to, if you don't like this, then, like, leave. And we're not telling you to leave for the whole time. We're saying, like, pop out for a minute and then come back in, and we'll all be friends again. It'll be totally okay. Um, there's a lot of times you have to do that in life. Like, if you're not comfortable in a space, like, it's up to you to be like, I don't like what this person's saying. It's making me uncomfortable. I'm going to leave. And then right. when the person's done... I'm going to come back. And if it's, like, uh, beyond you and you don't support a space at all that that this person would be saying this thing, then, like, it's totally up to you to, to not come. Right. Um, and I, I think that's a, a really great approach because even though I love women's only spaces, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, yeah, um, but I, I think it's great that you, we don't have to just create these types of spaces. Yeah. You know, that you can be in a more on a stage in the middle of like Sababa Fest or whatever it is and whoever chooses this is what they want to follow will listen and those who don't rather than being like this little stage on the side like everyone's like oh how do I get to that like yeah, women's so stage real. you yeah. know where's the women's stage <laughs> yeah. anyone see it um I think that's a really great approach and it feels like it's very empowering. Yeah. And something that scared me actually about that approach and about creating the EP in the first place was am I gonna slap like women's voice on here I'm like no I'm gonna write my name on it and it says Emily Zimmer and it's a woman's name and if you know me you know that that I'm a woman and you know like if you're cool to listen to it listen to it and if you're not then I'm not gonna not make it and like that was really what like got me to record it was like the, the like kind of contradicting that the idea of I'm not gonna make it because some people can't hear it right like that made no sense to me anymore <laughs> like someone's like you're not gonna make it because some people can't hear it like right do you listen to all the music in the world no absolutely not Right. Um, so all of a sudden that just became something that was possible. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I'll just do it. And if people want to hear it, they'll hear right. it. And if people don't want to hear it, then they won't. Right. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. And I think in general that just is such a good approach because I think like, you know, rather than the woman being like, oh, no, the man, is, I'm going to make the man feel so out of control and vulnerable. And, you know, I'm going to hurt the man by doing this. Yeah. You're saying, no, like a man is strong. 
You know, like it's the same thing with like, um, I think SNES, like how much like do you emphasize that SNES is for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and and how much is it emphasized of like, oh, no, it's going to be so hard for the man to see my body, you know, like what's the emphasis, you know? Right. And if you're just like, you know, this is I, I, I think the emphasis should always be on oneself. How does mm-hmm. this how does this help me? How right. does this strengthen me? And the man should figure out for himself, where does he want to look? What does he want to think? What does he want to do? Right. And like, that's people in life in general. Like people should figure out where they want to look and what they want to do. And, and we shouldn't feel like we, like we can't do that. Like we need permission to do that. Or because somebody else is in this room now, I can no longer be myself. Like, I just think that's not how things are anymore. Like you just have to be yourself no matter who's in the room and what that entails. And we should work on strengthening ourselves and our beliefs and our identities that we feel comfortable enough to, to make a change if we need to make a change. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I was also scared of like, I always like use these words and I think they're too much, but I always say, I don't want to start a revolution. Like I, I am not trying to like make a whole like movement of like women doing the things but like I also want women to see that like they can do the things like I just want to know where 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 are you you know like where are the women with the songs and and the things that they want to share and and you know and where are the observant ones because I know they're out there too and then let's let's all like let's all chill together everybody and (laughs) like let's let's make it a comfortable space for everybody to be included as much as we can right why don't you want to start a revolution? Ugh, I just, I don't know. I guess I've gotten, <laughs> that's definitely something. I, I have a friend who was telling me that she doesn't want to be Googleable. Like she doesn't want to be able to be searched. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that for a lot of reasons. Like in our community, it's like dating purposes. Like I don't want people right, to right, find right, right. me and like think this, this and that. And and that I guess that's thing. something that never worried me. Like goodbye, yeah. you know, like if you find me on the internet and you don't like what I'm writing, then like that's okay. Like we don't have to be friends, you right. know, it's fine. So it's definitely not because of that. Okay. I guess I'm I'm really, um, I'm really a pacifist and like a peacekeeper and like kind of a rule keeper. At least I always saw myself that way. Um, but recently I'm like, maybe I am more opinionated about these things than I thought I was. And maybe it would benefit others to pipe up and be like, Hey, like, let's talk about how we can do this differently. Maybe I do want to start a revolution. I mean, I I think you start a revolution just by being, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think you have to like take to Hevria or take to the internet and say like, you know, this is how it should be in a very like vocal, forceful way. Yeah. But I think by... Um, being who you are and you get up on stage and you perform like you just did the heavier variety show mm-hmm. and, and, and you say, this is, you know, this is how I hold and I'm going to be here singing and whoever wants to leave can leave. That's your revolution. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, um, so yeah. So I think that's, that's yeah. that. Yeah, and, like, the problem is that it's not, like, it's not, like, it's not, like, a private thing that you could be private about whether you keep or not, you know? Like, nobody knows what you keep. It's nobody's business. Like, if you keep Shabbat or if you eat this or eat that or don't or if you go here at this time, it's just, like, really nobody's business. But, unfortunately, like, this is, this is everybody's business. Like, I'm, I'm singing, you know? I'm making music. Like, you can hear me. You can hear right. me from far away. I got a, I got a loud voice sometimes. Um, so I guess I just want to make sure that the right people who are comfortable hearing it, hearing it, and the people mm-hmm. that can benefit from my writing and my music and from the things that I like feel like I've learned so much about and learned from and have turned into songs. Mm-hmm. Like if that benefits you, then then come hear it. And if it doesn't, then then don't. Yeah. 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 So a good quiet revolution. Yeah, an undercut, a fringe revolution. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think most revolutions start on the side. Mm-hmm. And. Um, yeah, but hopefully I do hope that more women, um, I know I've heard this a lot, that there's a lot of um, 
women that want to be performing more, singing more, and there's just different things that stop them. Yeah. And I think to, I mean, I, for the longest time, I wanted to hear like Jewish folk singing, you mm-hmm. know, and, and there is, there is, but within the religious world, there really isn't. Like, yeah. Yes. Sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm just like out here looking for it. I'm like, there's just absolutely no way that I'm, I would never be like, I'm the first one or the only one because there just has to be, there has to be more. I just haven't found it, you know? Um, like, I definitely consider my genre to be more folky. Mm-hmm. It, I've always wondered if my music counts as Jewish music. People ask me that all the time. They're like, are you a Jewish singer? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I am a Jewish woman, and I am a singer. <laughs> I am a Jewish singer, but is my music explicitly Jewish? Is it in Hebrew? Is it psukim? Is it... No, it's really none of that, but it's just a little bit more... I guess hidden and people are like do you write about Judaism and like my first answer used to be no and then I kind of went back and listened to my things and thought about my things and I'm like yeah I do you know what I do like I definitely do um like there's deeper ideas within it always and like the most exciting thing like my favorite thing about writing and songwriting is kind of going back to the thing um because usually my process is that the thing comes out so fast that I don't really know what it is um most of my songs are done in like they're fast like they just kind of come and it's like a day project and it's over and then after I read it back and I'm like oh cool that's what it was about huh now I get it Mm. um and it really makes me happy and my friends like listen to lyrics and are like is this about God is this about a man (laughs) is this about a friend and I'm like it's about whatever you want exactly you know it's about you yeah um so a couple of questions I want to ask you also I think it's really interesting um, you keep on coming back to the idea that you're a rules person, which mm-hmm. I think is so interesting. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot there. And also because you're an artist, mm-hmm. um, that's interesting because an artist also kind of stretches things, looks under things. Physically, is, right? Um, well, no, I would say more an artist more... What do you mean physically? I'm like, picturing painting. I'm picturing like stretching, I don't know, canvas and then like, I guess, right, looking under things felt like a really physical thing to me. Oh, but no, no, you go. No, no, no. I'm saying, <laughs> no, I'm saying more of a cultural way, social way, psychological way. Like an artist is kind of thinking outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely don't see you as an in the box type of person. Right. Um. So I think that's just interesting that you see yourself as someone who really keeps by the rules, but how that... Um, comes in through your work yeah um so a mentor of mine um I'm totally gonna butcher this when I try to give it over I'm gonna talk about her thesis for a quick second and I'm gonna have to amend it and I'm gonna get it wrong but I'm gonna try anyway um she actually wrote about um about Balchuvas Mm -hmm. and how you know like what makes somebody the perfect um subject to become a Balchuva and the answer is if your personality is like kind of cut out for it you know like the people that are searching and the people that are like Subordinate's a strong word, but like the people that want that structure and are craving that kind of mm-hmm. strict set of rules. Um, and that was totally my personality. So when I found the whole Judaism thing, I'm like, oh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what I needed. Uh-huh. Um, so I definitely know it's a trait that I embody, but I guess like the more that I've learned and like the more that I've been trying to live like a whole life where I keep like my music and my writing and all my friendships and the, and the, the hobbies that I have with the Torah that I love to learn and, and like, and like, the God that I love and fear and all of those things at the same time, I just kind of see it being a little bit more complicated than I follow all the rules all the time. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean I can deviate. Like I still consider myself, I guess at the end of the day to have that, to have that personality of like a rule follower and someone who right. cares. But I mean, when you say that most people do love structure and do love like certain rules, mm-hmm. um, but I guess, you just don't seem to me like a 
like you seem very loose at the same time. Like I'm saying, I, I get that mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. you have certain strictnesses, like mm-hmm. you like certain laws, certain like keeping, but you just seem like a very open, um, I don't mean in the progressive sense. I right, mean, you right. might be progressive, but I'm just saying like, you just seem like very open, like dreaming, thinking, you know? Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I guess naturally we just assume that that means that, you know, you're deviating from, the norms, but I think that, I don't know, I think we have to dream and, like, we have to, 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 like, try and find our own ways, but I guess, like, my whole thing is trying to align my dreaming and my will and my desires, like, with, mm-hmm. with, like, with the Torah and, like, with, like, God's will and with, mm-hmm. like, the will of the world and, mm-hmm. and just, like, follow that voice and that inner voice and kind of hopefully keep it all on one path, but, like, that doesn't mean I can't, you know, like, space out and, like, dream about things that are, that are probably not, Probably not in my future. Right. Um, well, okay, so let's talk about dreaming. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, you mentioned that it's really, you feel like it's really important to, like, follow your dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I always tell myself that if I don't do my best in a given situation, I'll just regret it. Like, if I'm a group, if I'm in a group setting, like, right now I'm doing, I'm in, like, a Moisha House cohort um, mm-hmm. that meets on Tuesday nights, and we're, like... We're doing public speaking. It's a public speaking workshop. And the first thing that happened was like we did like an improv game. And I was so nervous. I'm like, I'm sometimes kind of shy. I don't know these people. I knew some of them. Um, And I'm like, what the heck? You know, like, why would I not give this my all? Like, why would I not be loud and laugh and have a fun time and not worry so much about who's in the room? Because I'll just regret it. Like, what's what the heck is the point of that? Mm -hmm. Of not giving something everything you have. What a waste. Like, I've never regretted giving something the best that I could give it. Um, like, I've never regretted chasing a dream or, like, staying up later to finish something and having it done by the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so important to, like, love your dreams and, like, be excited by them. And a coworker recently told me to, like, to, like, do what's easy, you know? Like, follow the thing that you love and, like, the path that you love and, and like, not be so – like, if it's hard, like, maybe it isn't – maybe it isn't the thing you're supposed to be doing. If it's not coming, like, do what comes naturally to you and, like, follow that and – so what then do you think are your dreams, would you say, like in the next mm. 10 years? Uh, that's such a hard question. Um, what are your dreams <laughs> in the next 10 years? <laughs> I'll answer if you answer. Uh, okay. So I, I would like to, one of the things I'd like to do is I would like to start, I, I started already, I'm going to be having God willing a show next June. Ooh. I'm starting like these big paintings with one theme. I've never <gasps> done that before. And trying to like really work on, the idea is the theme of like um, the between us, the wealth between us mm. and how much the powerful relationships are. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd love one day in the future to be like, um, Obviously, selling, making tons of money, yeah. but yeah. but um, but to be traveling in different parts of the world and showing my work, and I'd like for it to be you know meaningful work that means a lot to me that hopefully impacts society, and um, that's one of the things I would love to do. Wow, that is one of my dreams. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's Your a turn. good one. That's a good one. Um, this is like totally gonna come out of like left field but like I really want to write a book Mm. um that's totally been a dream of mine um but I also want to I want to hear that too but I also want to hear in terms of music music. I I know I tried to deviate it isn't working (laughs) (laughs) um I think that because this this EP little album was so hard for me to actually get out and like get moving on um I just hope that the next one is bigger and better and 
longer um, and new. Like I kind of have this fear and like something that definitely stopped me from like getting this one to the darn distributor, even though it was just about clicking and sending and mm-hmm. clicking submit, um, was that I would be done after that. Like these are my favorite songs that I have. Mm. And like now they're out. And so now, now you have to write new stuff or you have more I stuff? definitely have new old things and new yeah. things, but I need more things. And like the goal is to like really advance and like build on this project and build the next thing mm-hmm. and see what that looks like. And I think a dream of mine is to to see that to see that second one and see mm-hmm. what it looks like and mm-hmm. and see what it looks like in the future of like of like women playing their stuff, you know? Like I'm so excited to see where that's going because I think that we're heading in a really good direction and that this is only the beginning and um I'm just excited to see where it all goes because mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of following the call and hoping that yeah. it works out. <laughs> so why do you feel like you don't fit in the women's only spaces? Hmm. What what you're saying, there's something... Mm. I, I don't want to like... Hmm, I don't know how to answer that without like, I guess, stereotyping. But like, I guess, unfortunately, like the I guess like the more, for lack of better terms, I hate modern orthodoxy. I don't think it means anything. But mm-hmm. I think that like the modern orthodox community, because it doesn't really like observe Kalisha outside of s- the school system, mm-hmm. there isn't really like such like set kavua, like, you know, spaces for that. And I guess I don't always, like, go to, like, all women's spaces and see a lot of diversity amongst the women there. And, like, that really sometimes irks me. I'm like, why isn't this all women here? Why is it only women who want to sing in women's only spaces? Uh Like, I think that it's kind of exclusive. It's like you either only sing in women's only spaces or you sing in co-ed spaces. And for some reason, people that sing in, like, co-ed spaces don't always go into the... And sometimes I feel scared. I'm like, oh, no, like, do I deserve to be here? Like, there's women who... And, like, I really, like, bless them. Like, I really, really believe in people who believe in that. I'm, like, really good for you. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love your commitment to it. But sometimes I feel like an interloper in those spaces because I can do it anywhere. And, like, I've heard people use the language of, oh, she can sing anywhere. Mm. She's fine with singing anywhere. But, like, I made the example with, with like, keeping kosher. Like, if I keep kosher and, like, there's a few slices of, like, or if I don't keep kosher, let's say, for, like, icky, whatever this example is, too late. I'm already going with it. <laughs> um, like, if you have a whole, like, pie of kosher pizza, but you don't want to share any with me because I could go get a slice of pizza anywhere. Like, come on, man. Like, what's that about? Like, share your pizza. Right. Um, so you're saying, like, it's not that you don't identify in a, in a religious sense or an ideological sense. Yeah. But it's just the fact that you're also, you're used to different types of spaces and you want to see more diversity there. Yeah, I totally, and I want to bring that. I love women's only spaces. I love playing in places where it's where it's just women and, like, the vibes are so real and, and there's just something about that. Like, religion aside, it's just nice to be in a place where it's all one single gender. Like, I really mm-hmm. believe in, like, having that space. And, yeah, women are sometimes just more comfortable talking in, like, women's only spaces. Like, mm-hmm. that's just a thing that it, that is. And same with men. Like, men need their sing like men only spaces too and right um I totally believe in that I think people deserve that and should have that and like yeah I've honest I've honestly thought about it like when I was in the the funk of am I keeping coalition now I was trying to think of what that would look like I'm like should I work on like finding a women's only space for myself should I work on building that and honestly that's still a goal that like I would still love to do that and like have that and have both and yeah make it okay to have both mm-hmm. maybe it is okay and I'm just uninformed but I would love to feel like it's okay to have both to have women's only and and co-ed spaces and and you know we're all friends and sure <laughs> I mean I think it comes down to really inviting like purposely inviting women across the religious spectrum not religious etc who are 
bring some talent and bring them, them into the women's only spaces, like specifically saying, like, can you come and kind of getting more and bring your friends, you know? Yeah, bring your friends. Let's do it for sure. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, cool. And so we're at about 40 minutes. Mm. Um, I would love for you to share some things. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd love to like touch on in terms of any kind of messages you want to send out or yeah, just things you want to say? Yeah. Um, hmm. Ooh, I wish I had one like lovely, eloquent, like overarching, like my quote, if you Google my name, <laughs> that'll come up next to my name. Um, something, ooh, speaking of, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I got something. Check. <laughs> Um, I think that the point of music is to bring people together in a way that things like writing or acting or dance don't always do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they do, but at least maybe I'm just biased. Um, I was once listening to a recording of Joni Mitchell singing the circle game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know her or know that song, but she gave this adorable little spiel before about how not to take a shot at artists, but she's like an artist paints a painting and then it, it goes on the wall or it goes in the attic or some people look at it and not maybe another person will look at it, but no one will ever say like, like, Hey Van Gogh, like paint a starry night again. Like no one will ever say like right. paint that painting again. Like <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that painting. It's stuck in my head. Like right. all I want is to like see that painting. I mean, maybe people do. I'm sure people do, but with music, it's just so like, it's infectious and like, it's catchy and it's, and you want to all sing it together. And like, you want to go or like, when I hear music, I'm walking that way. I'm, right. Like, where's the music? Where's that coming from? Like, that's pulling me in right now. It's a specific power that no other art form really has. Yeah. And we have to use it for good. Like, God, it's so powerful, you know, like we yeah. have to use it. We have to use it for good. And like, I think it's important to figure out, like everyone should know what their music is, like literally and figuratively and like just learn how to use it for good and how to mm-hmm. use it to give to others and include others. And that's, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I really do think it does bring you into a certain trance kind of state. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting more so than any other form. Yeah. And like people say like, it's so darn, like music is so spiritual. Like it's so yeah. evocative and it just wakes you up. And like, I'm a sucker for like anything nostalgic, like nostalgic music is just my thing and it's, it transports you and I'm seeing the Milk Carton Kids tonight. <laughs> I don't know if you know who they are, but no. they're a folk duo. Oh, and, cool. um, and they their music is just so, like, it's so evocative. Like, their guitar, their, their notes and their, like, arpeggio style. And I'm like, oh, like, that that just makes me feel like I'm at home. Mm, so, beautiful. in short, yeah, we should yeah. use our music for good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you also mentioned something about embracing your full self. Is that something, like, we kind of touched on Yeah, already? we totally covered that. Okay, yeah, okay, I think that, good. like... I think that what we said about like being a dreamer and a rule keeper and which one really are you? And I think like embracing your full self is um, being accepting of the fact that you're that you're both and like you are Jewish, but you also love, I don't know, like running cross country. And like, where does it talk about that in halacha? Like, let's make it talk about that. Like, (laughs) let's let's incorporate it all. And I think living your full life means like mending and bringing it all together. And it was supposed to be like that. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, I'd love if you want to share a couple of pieces. Yeah, I would love to play some music. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, wow, a guitar. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Amazing. How did that even happen? Um, let's turn the microphone this way. Yeah. I'll move towards it. Cool. Um, I'm going to play two pieces, I think, and they're not from the EP, um, which is which is a twist. Um, on what I guess would make more sense to do. 
But um, we are capeless, which which is one of the reasons. Yeah, that's a thing. Some people can transpose things. Some people can't. I'm not going to tell you which kind of person I am. <laughs> um, but this is a song that didn't make it on the EP, but it's definitely a special one. Um, it's called Wandering. And yeah, here we go. Has anyone ever played music on Cast before? Mm-mm, not Cast. Oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> cool. Okay. I 
just love how much you transform when oh, you're <laughs> when you're playing. You're like is totally different aspect of yourself. Oh, cool! Wow. And have, I'm sure people have said that before. Um, something like that. Yes, that's really really powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm I'm gonna do one more, I guess, but. I wonder if it's cheating to do things that aren't on the EP, but it's a sneak preview for the the final, the yeah, f- big one. For the big one, yeah, yeah. And for what people. If you're listening, then well, here it is. This one's definitely a little bit more literal. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like folk music's really literal. Bob Dylan's really literal sometimes. Um, so sometimes being literal makes people uncomfortable, but you just gotta you gotta do it. Mm-hmm. Um, This one's called Mama Don't Call Me. Um. Mama is in the kitchen in the morning Pacing as she always seems to do Smoking like an engine that isn't what it was Burning like a fire in the flu Mama's got an old friend here for breakfast Calling her as old friends tend to do But she's too busy outside burning down the bridge Connecting her to real folk like you Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks. Hey. 
Thanks. Thank you so much. I want to just wish you from the moment that I heard your singing for the first time, I was just like, wow, like you have such talent and, and I'm so glad that this EP is coming out and I wish you so much success. Thank you. Continued strength and performing and yes. Yeah. I guess now is when I should give a shout out to um, TSRL REA Gooplad at the at Sound Heights Records um, over in Crown Heights where I was actually super lucky um, to like record and, and work with him and he put a lot of great um, a lot of great um, tracks down um, on the songs and really helped me like develop them more musically and also to Laura to Laura Melnikoff um, for helping me like she put cello down on one of the songs and like I'm really excited for you guys to hear them um, in their fullness. And thank you. Yes. So, okay. So, yeah. So if anyone else, any ladies out there or or people in general want to go um, contact Yisrael Arya Guplat, Sound Height Records. Yeah. Do the plug. <laughs> and um, the EP, where can we find it? We can find it on the internet. No hard copies, unfortunately. But it's going to be on Spotify, Google Play. I don't know why Google Play came second. Apple um, Music. YouTube, Apple Music, okay. the old iTunes. Um, yeah. Yeah online. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to HivriaCast. I'm Aladna Harai. If you'd like to hear more and read more of our work, you can follow us by going to hevria.com or facebook.com slash hevriamag. We've been recording at the Kalal Studios in New York City, and the music that you're hearing is Voice Lessons by Darshan. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing and hearing from you again.